the other day, I, I kind of learned about a, a unique observation from, from a young person. One of my friends, uh, one of my best friends has had the opportunity to come to Mass, and really his only opportunity for Mass, his family was raised Christian, and, he, and he's been a practicing Christian his whole life, but um, most of his opportunities for Mass have been at special events in my life, my, you know, my diaconate ordination, my priestly ordination, and, and, and other, other things, first Masses, all of those types of things, but he's been there for all of those. And um, recently he's had the opportunity to, to come here on a couple of Sundays, and um, he has two children. One of them, uh, his son, is eight years old. And he's only had the opportunity to be at a Mass twice in his life. So there's a lot of things to observe and a lot of amazing things. And he made this amazing observation that, that, that um, his dad, my friend, told me. And it, and it really kind of blew my mind. And so um, I stand here with you, you know, facing the tabernacle and facing our sanctuary. And he said, he's like, Dad, is there some sort of a force field around that area where you can't get in unless people kneel or bow. And I was like, that's amazing. I said, that's an amazing observation for an eight-year-old at his second mass. So you know that I talk a lot about symbols and tradition in our faith. That was an amazing thing. That It's just like, you cannot enter this force field unless you pay reverence to God, in reverence to the Lord in our Holy Eucharist. It's an amazing thing. I'm so thankful that I, I, Father Carey was telling me, you know, those are, there are the days and still some of the churches where that tabernacle is not where it should be in the center. Thank God that it's where it should be in the center of our sanctuary right now. And when we hear Jesus preaching to the Pharisees about the inside being clean. You know, if we're, th this is the thing, I, I, I think about this a lot, and I think about you a lot. I look out there, and I know what everybody wants. I don't know what everybody wants, but I know what a lot of you want. I know that we want change in the world. I know that we want Jesus in the world. I know that we want people to think with him as the first priority in their minds and their hearts. But the point of our gospel today is to change the world is to change this. And if we can change this in each one of us, we need that. Jesus, I trust in you. To change the world that we live in, it begins with a change of cleansing the inside of each one of us. I'm sure you, most of you know by now that confession has been, it's been important in my own life, and it's also been important for me to offer it to you. Because really, there's very little that we have control of in the world. A lot of the control that we think we have is is quite illusory. We don't really have much of a grasp of it. But the Lord gives us the freedom, the free will, to change our own heart, 
to cleanse the inside of ourselves so that we can receive him worthily, so that we can step into this holy place, so that when we receive him, we're worthy to receive him. And if we could start to change ourselves, purify ourselves to repent, that really is the most powerful thing we could do. Sometimes it feels like that's the only thing that we can really do. And of course, like right before we walk out, sometimes these things are too late. Um, John and I were discussing, it's like, oh, we could have done a, a votive mass for the angels today, because then sometimes these things occur. Oh, October 13th, important date in Fatima. I was literally le- reading um, Lucia in her own words last night, and then it's just like, not till the moment before mass, I'm like, oh, it's October 13th today. But remember, it's like, in these great apparitions of Our Lady, she always asks the most simple thing. It's always just repentance and some sort of reparations for the sins committed that we make and for the world. So it's truly a responsibility of those who actually try to cleanse their heart and try to be in the disposition to receive Jesus worthily it becomes an additional responsibility for those, for for the elect, for the holy, the ones that seek a holy life, to take upon themselves additional sufferings. Additional sufferings for the ignorant, for people that don't know, or for people that, even worse, the obstinate, those that don't care. And I know many of these people are the ones that we love, the ones in our own families, our friends, are God-children. But it begins here. And I know that we don't always see the fruits of what we want to see, but it's our, our actions in a lot of those people's lives, it means more than you think. It really, really does. So we continue doing what we're doing. We continue wearing those symbols of our faith around our neck, making the sign of the cross in a restaurant because we're praying before a meal, genuflecting before our Lord because people notice, especially the youngest among us. (laughs) You know, they're really, not that the old are beyond hope, of course we know that's not true, but the younger, they absorb and they notice and they watch and they listen. And if a young boy at only eight years old on his second time at Mass can notice how special this sanctuary is, then by our own actions, remember St. Paul says that we are temples of the Holy Spirit. So that when we, we receive the Lord, we are walking temples out. That's what we hope to be. We hope to not be walking contradictions but walking temples with the Lord inside of us. If you do that, that's the change that we'll make in the world. That really is the change. So it begins with the purification of our own hearts, our own minds. God bless you all today.
trusting in our merciful Lord, from whom all good things come. Let us offer our prayers and petitions to God, our Father.